0: On this week's episode, Uncharted finds its treasure at the box office, is AEW at a crossroads, and it's a return to law and order. All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos.
1: Welcome to the pop
0: culture cosmos and we're back with another episode of the pop culture cosmos this is gerald glassford from pop culture cosmos game source inside sports fantasy football and the lakers fast break we truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows and if you can please give us a five star review everywhere you get your podcasts plus if you can like share subscribe follow or do anything that you can to support us right here at the lakers fast break game source inside sports fantasy football and of course pop culture cosmos popculturecosmos.com, and everything that we do including humanic and media including all the great stuff that we do out there for pop culture cosmos because not only do we every single day bring you the latest news and trends of pop culture Plus, we are the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook. And if you can support everything that we do, it is truly appreciated. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my returning good friend. (laughs) He is back once again. A proud papa indeed. You got to check out what he's doing today at Humanica Media, PopCultureCosmos.com. And of course, his amazing book, which is still out there which you can get today on Amazon and Barnes Noble, entitled Congratulations, You Suck. It is my good friend and fellow NU alumni. It is Josh Culture Cosmos, a.k.a. Josh Peterson. Josh, my friend, good to have you back. It's good to be back. How come I didn't get a t-shirt like that? I had to go to the graduation to get it. You graduated like, a year before.
2: Yeah. And then you like mail them out though. Like, Hey, we overcharged you for classes. So it's the least we could do is give you a free t-shirt, but I guess not.
0: This wasn't a free t-shirt. I still had to go down to San Diego to buy it.
2: So that's even worse. Like, <laughs> you know, it should have been in the tuition package, you know, like here's your diploma and we're sending you a free t-shirt because you did it. You know, congratulations.
0: You did it. It is so great to hear your voice before we go any further, my friend and catch up on what you've been checking out in pop culture during your time away. Do also want to congratulate you again for the birth of your new child? Just know that's such a special time in your life, but I do want to thank everybody who helped out in the interim sitting in in the host chair with me for the pop culture cosmos for the past few weeks. So Ben Arnaud, Hemanesh Goel, Jamie Monroy, Melinda Barkhouse, and TJ Johnson. I've got nothing but love for each and every one of you. Cannot thank you enough for helping us out. So thankful that you're going to still continue to be a part of the Pop Culture Causes. But Josh, again, just great to have you back, my friend. Yeah, it's
2: good to be back. I've been in baby mode for the past several weeks, you know, so I haven't had a chance to really talk pop culture. You know, I I talk a little bit with my wife, but it's mostly relating to like Marvel stuff, but I can't like other things you know she's not that interested in so it's good to be here to be able to to expand on pop culture knowledge
0: it's so funny because we did this every week it's like okay you talk about the good stuff of pop culture but then you're away from it for a while mm-hmm. it's like i miss hanging out with gerald I yeah miss it. absolutely so what have you been checking out what has caught your eye during the interim why you've been holding the baby so i've been kind of Checking out a bunch of different things.
2: All this, like, Daredevil news has been popping up. You know, Charlie Cox coming back, possible Daredevil season four, Vincent D'Onofrio appearing in different things. So we've been – and the news also that they're taking Daredevil off Netflix on the 28th. So we've been trying to hit that last season because she's never seen the last season of Daredevil. So we're going through that right now. Other than that, like, just feeding the baby, I'll turn something on. Like, I, I watched the Evangelion Rebuild by the way, did you hear that the guy who made Evangelion, he's combining all of his like anime worlds together. So it's going to be like Evangelion, Godzilla, and like Ultraman are all going to be existing in the same universe.
0: And you mentioned the Marvel shows. They will be leaving Netflix at the end of this month. So yep. if you're a Netflix subscriber out there, please go ahead and check it out before it leaves. I'm assuming it's going to appear on either Hulu or Disney+. I'm assuming Hulu at some point in time down the road.
2: Well, I see I'm that's what I was wondering too, but hearing Kevin Feige's comments about Moon Knight being like the most brutal thing that they've ever made, I have a feeling if it's anywhere close to Daredevil, it'll be on Disney Plus, especially if they're going to be pushing new seasons of new Daredevil content onto Disney Plus, it would make sense to put it on the same place. Maybe like the Punisher would go on Hulu, but you know, it makes sense to have Daredevil content you know with all the other daredevil i'm still and,
0: thinking hulu i'm still thinking hulu for the entire run
2: yeah it would make sense to put it on hulu but also i'm curious with moon knight how exactly how violent moon knight is going to be and if moon knight's anywhere near as violent as daredevil then you know it's possible they'll all pop up on the same platform here
0: that's true that's true and kevin feige made some more comments on the back end of the eternals uh, in some commentary that we will go ahead and talk about as far as Possibility of no more Avengers, so we'll see what happens there. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that possibility on the back end of the show. But, my friend, before we go ahead and hit all the stories that we're going to talk about, including Uncharted, including the Cuphead show, Severance, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, we also have my good friend John Orlando talking about AEW and a possible return of Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania you also been playing some Horizon Forbidden West, which just came out this past week. Yeah, yeah. I've been playing
2: Horizon Forbidden West. Did you ever get a chance to sit down with the first one? Only a little bit. Okay, so my, and you might be able to mirror my sentiments, but my big beefs with the first one was the fact that the combat just doesn't feel good, mm-hmm. and the lack of ability to climb anything you want to, like you can only climb where the yellow bars are, and then there's not really a lot of motivation to explore the big world so i was hoping that they would fix that with forbidden west but With forbidden west like they give you a grappling hook but you can only use it in certain spots but the climbing is still the same like i want the mechanic where you can just walk up to a wall i guess simple assassin's creed mechanic right we can walk up to a wall scale it if you wanted to climb up it's the same thing you know you got the the yellow bars and You know, there's only certain places where you can use the grappling hook. The combat is still very clunky. You know, you try to swing at something, you end up, like, going the opposite direction.
0: And these are a couple of the gripes that people have talked about as far as the climbing. You see some rocks. You just can't go straight up the rocks unless it's rocks that you're actually allowed to go ahead Mm -hmm. and climb. And then, like you said, with the combat, it's a little bit fine-tuned, but it's not the leaps and bounds advancement that I think a lot of people were looking for as far as the combat is concerned.
2: Right. So, I mean, to me, it just, it feels like the same game as the first one. And when I finished the first one, I was like, that was fun, but I I don't know if I want to go back to this world again because it feels like there's been enough story mined from this world to kind of create a full experience. So when they said they're making a new one, it surprised me because I didn't think there was anything left in this world to really play. It's not a big improvement from the first game. It doesn't feel like a new game. It feels basically like an add-on for the first game.
0: That's what I thought. A lot of people are saying that it's good, but it's not the advancement that Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people were hoping for. I know Metacritic overall is sitting at an 88, so the critics are liking it, but I see from what people are emulating what you're talking about in regards to that, it's good, But you were expecting something, I think, a little bit more.
2: Right. I was expecting something a little bit more fluid, if that makes sense. But I'm going to finish it. I'm going to play the game to completion. But it's just not what I was hoping it would be.
0: What are your thoughts out there on Horizon Forbidden West? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Before we hit the break, my friend, Uncharted. Please tell me you watched this movie. I've always told you that no matter what my thoughts were on this movie, because I've told you I've I've been very unhappy with it since the trailer came out, that I would support Naughty Dog and I would go and watch the film. And yes, true to my word, I went ahead and did. I've seen the movie and it is as disappointing as an Uncharted fan can be. I mean, if you are an Uncharted fan, if you love the world of Uncharted, then you are probably going to be disappointed at what you see. Let me put it this way. And this is something in the trailer, so you've probably seen it already. Let's say you're a faction that lifts up two old Spanish galleon ships full of gold in the billions of dollars in each ship, and you're in your helicopter flying it away, and, and all of a sudden I take over one of the helicopters and I'm flying in the other direction. What is the one thing you would probably not do in order to try and capture me, try and get a hold of the copter that I am now in control of with with one of the ships that contains billions of dollars, you would not chase it with the other helicopter with billions of dollars below it because of the fact that you could potentially damage said ship. You would find another way to try and track me down, wouldn't you? Absolutely. I will say again, logic leaves this storyline. It tries to do everything it can to be like a little mini Indiana Jones adventure. It does have some nice Easter eggs for Uncharted fans out there. And in fact, it has an appearance by Nolan North himself. I'll just leave it at that. But it doesn't have what the Uncharted games bring as far as the quality of the storytelling and the narrative. A major character is not in the film, which I thought was very disappointing, and it doesn't allude to the, any of the games as far as the storyline until the very end in the post credit scene. The villains are one note, they're forgettable, and basically it's a bleh of a movie. I mean, if you're not played the Uncharted games, it could be much more appealing to you. And in fact, it is so far. The cinema scores are a B plus and it's gotten $140 million worldwide as of this recording. So it looks like it's going to be a decent hit. It's the biggest opening of the year so far, and it's going to probably end up being a decent hit and probably a sequel will be coming on the way. So that's good for everybody out there. But if you're an Uncharted fan, you're not going to probably like what you see.
2: Okay, because we were debating going to see this movie, me and my wife. She's not a fan of the games, but she's a fan of Tom Holland.
0: She might like this better.
2: Okay, I have two questions I want to ask you. One, do you think that this is going to lead people into being interested in the games? Like, is there enough content there where someone would be like, oh, hey, I want to know more about these characters in this world, so I'm going to go pick up the Uncharted Legacy of Thieves collection or the Nathan Drake collection or whatever. Do you think that that's going to open doors and create more interest and thus propel a Uncharted sequel forward?
0: I think that it could. And the reason why I say that is then they'll actually see what a quality storytelling narrative in an Uncharted world will be all about. Even the first one, which they allude to at the very end of the end credits, is a much better story than what was presented on the screen. I think it will spark interest. I don't think this is going to be a massive hit by any stretch of the imagination, but it will make enough money, especially because it does have a date in China. It probably will generate enough money in the three to $400 million range, which will get a sequel going, which will get uh, things going into place as far as additional movies down the road. And I think that will spark people's interest that have not played the series to go ahead and play it. But then once they play through it, they're going to realize that the movie that was made is that much worse
2: okay so my other question here is and we've talked about this a lot the the tomb raider movie with alicia vikander
0: yeah that
2: was one where they had just amazing source material and they had taken all of the supernatural elements out of it that made the game so cool and coming out of the theater i was like oh that was not good you know i was not really happy with that but then i watched it again, you know, on or streaming or whatever. And I thought to myself, oh maybe it wasn't that bad. Do you think that this is something if you gave it a second watch through after you had like a few months to digest it, do you think that it might end up being a little easier on your film palette?
0: It probably will be. I mean, if you're watching this as background noise on a television, because this caters to repeat viewing on streaming or when it goes finally to commercial television because it's not that long of a movie comparative to others and it has that feel of like this is going to be replayed massively on an fx or Mm -hmm. something like that later on but i think that it will probably be an easier watch if that's the case i just think again if you're a big fan of uncharted this is not going to make you happy tom holland is not a good nathan drake i'm going to just say it right out there wait mar yeah. Tom Holland's, <laughs> not good, Tom Holland's not a good Nathan Drake. I'm just going to say it right out there. And then Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, Mr. Mark Wahlberg. I think he would have made a better Nathan Drake, to be quite honest with you. I just don't think he's a really good Sully either. I really thought my idea of Scott Eastwood and J.K. Simmons would have been a better pair up. But Mark Wahlberg, you know, I know he was destined to do the role at one time. He was he thought a decade ago that he was going to be Nathan Drake. And he I think should he, have been. I think Nathan he would have I think he would have been a better Nathan Drake than what I see from Tom Holland. Tom Holland again, I understand why he did this because he either heard or played a game and thought this would be great. And Sony, of course, seeing the success of Spider-Man, decided to sign him up. And for Sony, this is going to be a win for them because It just shows that people are loving Spider-Man, No Way Home, one of the biggest all-time hits. And so that momentum carried Uncharted. Had this been done at a different time and Tom Holland not been part of the Spider-Man movies, I don't think this movie would have done well at all at the box office. But this is writing off of Tom Holland momentum, and you got to go ahead and say Sony was smart for putting this out.
2: Yeah, and there's clearly a lot of, thought put into tom holland being the big it star right now i do want to commend mark Wahlberg though because like he stuck with this what was it? this project was like 10 years in the making That's and he it. stuck with this script through every iteration of it like every time yeah.
0: well they've changed directors put- over a half a dozen times they've exactly. changed production companies on this uh, over half a dozen times you know this Project. This idea of an uncharted movie has been in concept, like you said, for over a decade in several different variations. So, again, I'm, it took Tom Holland and his popularity to get this to the screen. This is clearly a case where we were talking about: Is Tom Holland going to be the next box office star? I don't think it's definitive because, again, this movie is critically not going to go over well. It's getting decent scores for the fans out there. For a casual audience, this is going to be something that's okay with them decent popcorn flick and all that but again it shows that he has some box office power we were worried after cherry and also the other one that he did with Daisy ridley last year the one that, that was made chaos several walking. years chaos walking that yeah. he made several years ago that came out last year both were bombs so you, you figured okay is he going to go ahead and this be a hit This has been a pretty good win for Sony and also Tom Holland. So this will at least get Tom Holland more leading roles outside of Spider-Man. So people are going to be riding the momentum for quite some time.
2: So would you say that it didn't create strides forward for video game adaptations, but it didn't exactly like take them backwards?
0: It's a mixture of both. I mean, the plus side is that it's going to do well at the box office. The minus is that it's not the best adaptation of a video game that we were hoping for so i think that's probably the best way we could say it but if you have thoughts out there on uncharted i gave you my general thoughts on it again for me if i have to give it a score out of 10 i'd probably give it a 5 maybe a 5.5 if you're not familiar with uncharted you're probably going to enjoy it a lot more than people who have played the games and enjoyed them so if you have thoughts on uncharted please let us know Popculturecosmos cosmos at yahoo.com
1: Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast.
0: For the latest news and information, analysis, and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break Podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Before we hit the half hour break, and my good friend Mr. John Orlando talking about AEW and Stone Cold Steve Austin, I wanted to go ahead and talk to you real quick about some things I've been watching on TV this weekend. The Cuphead show debuted on Netflix. I saw wanted that. to say the attention to detail is just like from the studio that made this game in the first place, and the film grain, the look, and the feel of the, the old cartoons they're there mind you the substance is just generic cartoon fodder but yes if you're a fan of this type of animation and you're a fan of the game this is going to be enjoyable to watch not overwhelmingly but it's you know just just the look of it they're shorts they're only what seven to ten minute shorts so i think a lot of people will go ahead and be able to consume them rather quickly so I think it was good for what it was. I think it's a nice little concept, something different that Netflix put out there. And again, the look and feel of just the tribute, just like the game was to these old style cartoons of the 30s and 40s. It's just, it's really cool. It's really cool out there.
2: How's the background soundtrack? I've heard people compare it to the old mickey mouse and oswald that's all like the exactly the the influences showtime music and all that Mm -hmm. so is it is it there like do you feel like you're watching that you
0: feel like you're watching an old-time cartoon it it's too perfect in a way because yes it does have the film grain and the old look and old feel of it for the most part but it also has the shiny colors and the crisp christmas of a 2022 type format but it really looks good. It really is a, a loving nod to that cartoon world way back when. So I really liked my time with it. It's not perfect. The substance of the actual episodes or cartoons themselves, it's just take it or leave it. It's just like, okay, baby getting into mischief. They're going to a carnival with the devil trying to take your souls. It just, yeah. It's just generic stuff. But yes, the actual, if you're a fan of animation, And you're a fan of the game it's going to be something that you're going to like
2: okay all right yeah because i was curious you know i played a little bit of cuphead brank from super
0: bs and those guys like they played it to
2: completion i didn't know if there was enough mythos in there to like create a show worth watching but then again you know, you mentioning that it's kind of like the old cartoons. There wasn't really yeah. any connective tissue to any of that stuff anyway. No, so. there's no
0: storytelling narrative yeah. or anything like that. No, It's just a series of cartoons putting Cuphead and Mugman in different situations. And that's it. That's, that's basically it. So, yeah. If you have thoughts on Cuphead on Netflix, let us know. Speaking of Netflix, before I get to Severance on Apple Plus, which I do want to talk about. Also on Netflix this weekend that dropped, I didn't mention on the Friday show with Melinda Barkhouse, and that is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, I heard, again. That's
2: getting like raked over the coals. I'm, I'm not yes. hearing good things about it.
0: Well, again, it's a horror movie, so you got to take that with a grain of salt because very rarely are horror movies actually thought of in a good context with the critics, but the movie itself, the viewers out there are really not enjoying it as well. It's, again... Doing horrible with the critics. Got a 35 right now on Metacritic. It retcons and it takes away everything that you've seen from the world of Texas Chainsaw Massacre outside of the first one. The okay. only thing that they kept is the events from the original movie, and that's it. Everything else in between, all the stuff that you've seen over the years in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, they threw that out the window. They pretty much said this is a sequel to the original movie. The people try to go ahead and repopulate this town and Leatherface obviously gets involved. And if you see the trailer, I think you see the best parts of it. So yeah, it's getting roasted over the coals. The thing is though, that in a movie that could have actually in a down period for the movies right now, because the fact that there's not a whole lot coming out between now and May when Doctor Strange hits, there's the Batman, there's a couple other items, but there are weeks where you could have slot this in and it would have popped a decent chunk of change 10 15 million dollars at the box office here domestically I, I could have seen it do that for the horror fans out there they chose not to do that they chose just to go straight to netflix do you think that was a good move
2: that's a good question you know we're looking at a time where people are are going back to the movies like spider-man no way home is enough proof of that but they're only going to the movies for certain things. And I know I've said this before that horror movies have that novelty to them where like they don't have to try hard to get people to go watch them just because people love that feeling of being scared. At least Which that I, first weekend. It, right. So I think that it would have made some money upon opening. But I don't think – you know within a week, I don't really think it would have justified being in theaters. I don't think anybody would have gone to see it. Whereas yeah. on Netflix – it has more of an opportunity to be seen by a wider audience. And, you know, this might sound bad, but you're going to have, you know, the kids who kind of like have access to Netflix and sneak their friends over to watch this movie and things like that. So, yeah, it could have made a little bit of money, but I don't think the audience would have been as big as it could be on Netflix.
0: I agree with you on that. And when you have a audience of 220 million subscribers, putting it on that platform and getting that kind of thing going if it trends on netflix that's all you need to at least keep it substantial for at least a couple of weeks so yeah. definitely uh wait for the feedback on the texas chainsaw Massacre. but if you've caught the latest adventures for leatherface please let us know popculturecosmos at yahoo.com but before we head to the break my friend and right on the other side of it my good friend mr john orlando wanted to ask you real quick Do you have Apple Plus? Because if you do, or if you plan on getting it at some point in time, Josh, Severance. It's the latest offering from Ben Stiller. Severance takes place in this company that does some secret work that they don't want anybody to know about. So all the employees who work in this one area of this company, they undergo what's called Severance, where they put a chip in their head. And for the time that they're there at the work, they're doing their work, but then their memories from whatever they did at work are taken away from them at the end of the day. That's an interesting so, concept. So basically, you live two different lives. There's the live you're not aware of outside your work, and there's the live you're not aware of inside your work. So basically, you've got this one life inside of work, you keep your memories there, and you've got your memories outside of work, and you keep your memories outside of there. So- leaves us with Adam Scott as the guy who plays the lead role in this and who does right now from what I've seen the first couple episodes, doing a real good job. And also all the actors there, John Turturro, Christopher Walken, Patricia Arquette, they're all doing a great job of conveying this type of mysterious stuff that they do in the certain floor of, of this company. And what could they be doing? You're still trying to figure that out. Plus the effects of the severance on the actual employees themselves you're seeing the effects mentally and emotionally of it so it's very interesting to see it's it's an interesting departure for ben stiller who we all know from comedies and tropic thunder and zoolander and all the stuff he's done this is a really interesting departure for him he's directing the episodes he's uh, he's very involved as far as the overall production of this but if you get a chance to see it it's very different and I'm really liking what I'm seeing.
2: that's good. you know I, I feel like a lot of comedy actors get typecasted so they don't really have an opportunity to break out into other genres and being behind the camera kind of gives them a, a a better opportunity to explore something darker like this. It is something I am interested in. I've seen a ton of advertisements for this online. I saw Hideo Kojima was like out there spreading news about how good it was on his Instagram page. I feel like this is something I would like to sit down and watch. I do have Apple Plus. I just have not watched anything on Apple Plus. It wasn't even something that I've been thinking about doing, but it sounds like they're getting, and I know we talked about this when Apple Plus arrived about content, you know, whether or not it's worth spending money on it, but it sounds like they're getting a lot of good content. And this show is the first thing that I've heard multiple people recommend to me. Right now, I'm I'm a lot more interested in watching it and and checking out some of the other content on there.
0: They're still lacking a little bit in the content area. They're gaining on it, of course. Ted Lasso has, they've reaped the rewards of Ted Lasso and you know all the acclaim that it's gotten. The Morning Show has done well for them. C with Jason Momoa mm-hmm. that has done okay for them, but this could be a show. I don't know if this is going to be a show that a lot of people are going to follow. I don't know the popularity of it. I'm not sure how well Apple Plus, like you said, is going to promote it. They've been doing okay so far, but this show has my attention. I really like it. And I think this could end up being one of the best shows of 2022.
2: I'll definitely have to check it out. I am intrigued.
0: Absolutely. As am I, my friend, to see what's going on. I've seen a couple episodes so far, and I really like what I've seen. But if you have thoughts on Severance on Apple Plus... Please let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, coming up after the break, it is John Orlando from the PBD cast. He's going to be talking about AEW and the departure of Cody Rhodes, if that's going to be something that they may or may not regret. Plus also as well, is there a possibility of seeing Stone Cold Steve Austin back in the ring at WrestleMania? We'll talk about both those scenarios coming up after the break. And then Josh and I will be closing out the show with, dun-dun, Law & Order. And is this the end of The adventures? We'll go ahead and talk about that on the back end of the show. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos.
1: And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show, and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy Talk and Goodness, and this time we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, holy grails, playsets, what-if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that, and of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show season two, exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada.
0: It is Gerald Glass with Pop Culture Cosmos. I try to touch on one of my passions that have gone through my life for so many years, and that is pro wrestling. I don't like to overload people on the show with it because I know it still caters to a certain audience. But that audience is very fervent. That audience is very passionate, like I am, about the product. And one of the products that's out there that has made a considerable amount of news over the past two, three years is AEW, All Elite Wrestling. And they are at a point now where they have a lot of stars. A lot of stars have migrated over willingly and not so willingly from the world <laughs> wrestling entertainment. But they've also had their share of homegrown stars. They've recently started letting go some stars that have helped them get to the point where they're at because they feel they've, they're getting to another level as far as competition is concerned. They're reaching about roughly a million, 1.1, 1.2 million on their AEW Dynamite which is their big show of the week and they also have other shows as well that they showcase on YouTube so they're getting to the point where they are a really big deal in the professional wrestling environment and Tony Khan is serious about spending the money on the product that's out there and here today to talk about where AEW stands because of a certain departure that I really want to discuss and how this could affect AEW he's a good man indeed you got to go ahead and check out. And why haven't you already? If you yeah, haven't already. Absolutely. It is the PVD cast. No one hypes up their show more on social media and in many different ways. And I observe this. Then the PVD cast. It is John Orlando, my good friend. How are you? Hope all is well.
1: All is well. Things are good. Yourself?
0: Not too bad, but I'm actually very intrigued as you know me. I mean, I love great matches still to this day. The week to week, Far as the shows that are put out there, you know, a lot of it's touch and go. A lot mm-hmm. of it you can leave behind. In fact, but that again, when we were watching as kids, realistically, when we look back at it on YouTube, I could say why was I watching this? Waiting until the right moment to watch things in a certain hour, two hour period. That's what I should have gone ahead and invested my time, not during all the scrub matches or the boring interviews, the forgettable stuff that you now look back on YouTube and go, man, I wasted so much time. But the thing is with where we're at now in the industry and AEW becoming a viable force in the industry and a major challenger to the world wrestling entertainment, we've seen a lot of influx of talent, like I mentioned, from WWE This could be the first time that we see a major talent from AEW Mm -hmm. head in that other direction. Because Mm -hmm. in the past week, the rumors have it, as far as the news is concerned. This is from several sources, not just from one entity or another. Cody Rhodes, in fact, he confirmed it on Twitter that he is no longer part of All Elite Wrestling. He was actually behind the scenes one of the vice presidents in charge of creative for All Elite Wrestling. And I guess he's been a free agent since pretty much the beginning of the year and did not resign because, rumor has it, he no longer would have creative ability behind the scenes. I guess that was a major sticking point for him outside of salary. His career outside of the ring has not doing so bad. He had a reality show that was renewed for season two by Warner Brothers Entertainment. He also had a competition show that he's actually been a part of that is also Done very well and has been renewed. So, your thoughts on this? Because the rumor has it he might be heading on his way to World Wrestling Entertainment. In fact, before this even airs on the radio, we could already get a mention of him in the WWE. Your thoughts on Cody Rhodes leaving AEW towards WWE?
1: Well, before I answer that, I think you also left out a couple of other things. I mean, he's a new father. Cody also, I know, still has somewhat of a hand in the nightmare factory maybe not as much as he did when it first started but he still has that so the man has a lot on his plate but he officially has left aew both Mm -hmm. him and his wife who at one time was the
0: creative force behind the women's division she is not expected to be going to wwe wwe seems to be only interested in his character at this point in time but your thoughts on this possible move to wwe
1: well i think the big question is going to be are they going to be smart if indeed Cody comes aboard is is one of the things that they are going to promise him we're not going to make you look like a laughing stock like the last time around are we going to use you as a top tier guy somebody who obviously has a fan base I think that's the biggest question like what are the goals for Cody Rhodes to be in the WWE WWE and what was it wasn't
0: like when he on, on his way out? Because the first couple years he was there in the creation of the AEW, and he was at one time the biggest baby face in the company. Mm-hmm. When he left, it wasn't quite as defined. He was sort of getting the Roman Reigns treatment, with half of the crowd loving him still, the half of the crowd kind of booing him, maybe tiring of his acts. So maybe then was actually a good time for him to leave, but. For me, I think it's a big thing because AEW lost a premier marquee name that was on the rise outside of the ring
1: with mm-hmm. all of his
0: different projects that gets notoriety for the AEW company. I think that is a bigger hit than people are actually letting on to.
1: Oh, I, I agree with you, Gerald. I you know, I think we've talked many times about the wrestling industry, and the one thing that I continue to mention is you don't have crossover appeal. Yeah. and and you need that in order to grow your business.
0: Absolutely. Like take for instance, Hangman Page right now, who is the aew champion? How many wrestling fans out there or casual fans alike of of either product could actually tell you that Hangman page actually is the current world title holder for aew?
1: I, I that's a great question. In fact, I, I would even say that if you stop 10 people on the street, and ask them to identify, like, pitchers of AEW talent, I wonder how many would be able to do that.
0: He is not the biggest name there. And this is something where we saw, I mean, Kenny Omega, who within the industry, whether you love him or hate him, was known. But was he taking the company to the next level? Again, that's debatable. You and I have spoken at length about the potential of MJF and how we both think, I think, should have already made that move to make him the Ric Flair. Of this generation already, instead of this gradual climb, they continue to go ahead, even though he's having a very good feud with CM Punk, which I think should have come earlier in the process, which you and I both discussed off camera. AEW now has to start making some choices. They've got some marquee Mm -hmm. talent, they've got some talent that they can go ahead and promote, but this individual face of their company for the first couple of years, who is a marquee name for them, a name that has started to transcend beyond their company, they suddenly let him up and leave. I think that's a mistake that I don't, I'm not going to say, obviously, is going to spell a downturn for AEW anyway. But unless you make the right moves to counteract that, this could be an area of concern.
1: Well, and I think based on what you said there, one of the things he could have done. To because they've well, the fans were clamoring for it. Why not do the full heel turn? Yeah, absolutely. you know, why not? And then let Cody Rhodes go into a program with someone like Keith Lee or, or somebody else you want to elevate. And you know, there you go. Then you get a payoff out of it, you get something out of it. And you know, I, I think that a lot of folks, and I've seen it written, you know, a lot of folks say Cody was kind of unhappy about the booking and not having as much creative control. And I just wonder, was that because he was being too old school? Because that's the one thing I got to give credit to for Cody Rhodes. He had that perfect blend, Gerald of he's bringing the new school style of wrestling, but still keeping in that old school feel to it.
0: Absolutely. He could have booked himself into a title. No, he could have booked himself as far as to the top title. And he chose to go the route that he did. if that's, Or he made sure that he went the route as far as losing that ability to go ahead and challenge for the AEW's top title. So he could have put himself in a position where it could have been about all ego. But like you said, I think a lot of his father's influence from the old school booking that came into play, maybe it was to his detriment Mm -hmm. when you look back upon it. Mm -hmm. But again, I really think this is something AEW may regret the next couple of years because it was heading towards a situation where he could have become the next Roman Reigns, where even though you and I both thought Roman Reigns turned maybe a year or two too late, it's still very effective. And he's still the most effective individual personality in the WWE after his turn. And we're very thankful that he did it. The same thing could have happened for Cody Rhodes, but now he has a choice He could still go on the Indies. There's still enough companies out there. Just ask Brian Cardona how prolific the Indies can be. Just ask Cody Rhodes still before he became AEW, when he left WWE, became very prolific on the Indies before he built up AEW. So that still could be a possibility. Although, again, everything is pointing to return in WWE. When we look back upon this in a year, do you think this is going to be something AEW
1: is going to regret? I think they are going to regret it based on what we've talked about at the beginning of this, this whole little segment is that there's no crossover appeal. You had it with Cody Rhodes being on that competition show and the reality show. The big show, that. isn't it? Is yeah, show? I, yeah, isn't it called? Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's yeah, called the big, the big show. show or something. I think they're going to miss that. I think that they are going to miss out on having a absolutely solidified top guy that's why I said, I don't understand why they didn't just change him heel. They need to change up some of the talent there. I don't understand how either that, let's be honest. Tony Khan has hired a lot of people. And I don't know, like if you're looking at, do I keep Cody Rhodes or do I keep, I don't know. I'll just randomly pick a name. Wheeler Utah. Like who's got more name value with all due respect to Wheeler Utah. You know what I mean? Like I like, would say I mean without like you're like you're saying they've got dozens
0: and dozens. They now remind me of the WCW of the nineties, where they had 70, 80 wrestlers at yeah. any given point under contract. The thing is, how many of them actually bring in a large amount of viewers or can do? And right now I can only count of five off the top of my head in AEW that can actually bring in an audience. Unfortunately, Hangman Page is not one of them.
1: Yeah, agreed. But,
0: The thing is, when you let Cody Rhodes go, that takes off one of those five. And to me, I think that's a mistake for a fledgling company, which it still is. I really think that hinders your momentum. And so something that could be the precursor to more maneuvers that might be to your company's detriment. Or it could be something that, again, just blows under the rug and you'll be able to overcome it. But Right now, I think that Cody Rhodes still is a young enough talent that he could still affect the pro wrestling industry going forward. But I'm knowledgeable enough with Cody Rhodes to say, you know what, he has got a name value out there that he has achieved
1: that is really hard to let go of. Agreed. Again, I hope that if Cody Rhodes goes back to the WWE, I hope that he has a lot of success. I really I hope it's done right.
0: To be honest with you, I hope he has some type of protection clause in regards to creativity and he has some... Sort of because for me, if I'm going in there and I would ask or if I'm advising you and you're being moved in there and you have some cloud or coming off the Indies or coming from AEW and have some cash, I would say, you know what? Trade some cash for some creative Hulk Hogan type clause in there because the fact that is protection for your name brand going forward. I think Mm -hmm. that to me is more paramount than you getting the big push right away and then you falling off a cliff two, three years down the line where you're just doing what they call the mid card or anything like that. I think at this point in time, you need to protect yourself in an industry that doesn't always protect itself wisely.
1: Uh-oh. Yep. Absolutely. I think well, it's going to be interesting. Does he come back right away or does he come back at WrestleMania? I mean, that would be a great buzz if you, All of a sudden, surprise at WrestleMania.
0: Two nights, my friend. That's right. Two nights.
1: Two nights.
0: (laughs) Hold on, pat my back again. But before we head on out, speaking of WrestleMania, this was my surprise question to you because Dave Meltzer from the Wrestling Observer he reported that there's a possibility that Kevin Owens might have an opponent very familiar with the stunner as well. In Steve Austin, I want to hear your thoughts. Is this a realistic possibility of Steve Austin getting the tights back on again, putting on the old knee braces, all 15 pounds on each side, gearing (laughs) up as far as putting on the T-shirt again and and strutting down there? First time in 19 years, since 2003. So I want to hear your thoughts on this. Of course, he's still with the WWE and his capacity that he does his interviews for his podcast, the Stone Cold Podcast. But your thoughts on a possible return of Stone Cold Steve Austin?
1: Well, I would love to see it. Absolutely. much Well, like they have any... to get him
0: down in a wheelchair. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I was going to say, hey, lots of other fans probably feel the same way. There's always been that rumor that he wants one more. My concern would be his overall health with doing it. The neck. You know? Watch the neck. Exactly.
0: His style works very well. Punch, punch, punch. Luther's Press smash a beer rover's head, do a stunner, one, two, three.
1: Yeah, it could be done. It very well could be done. You know, I think that obviously Kevin Owens is a great worker, so he would certainly be somebody that would really meld well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He would love that. Never say never, as they say in this business. How are Um, ticket
0: sales in Texas right now?
1: I don't know. That's a great question. That's That's a great question. I'll just leave it at that. (laughs) If it does happen. Just shut up. Don't say anything. Make it be a surprise. Again, think about how that could really help your pay-per-view or whatever they're calling it now. What's well, the, what are they calling it now? You know what that would now? mean, my
0: friend? You know what that mean? Okay.
1: Because I I
0: pick on Peacock because the fact that only 9 million of its 20 plus million subscribers are actually paid. They're one of these worst or slowest of these major streaming entities. They're one of the most they're one of the poorest performing, and that's with all the big names that they have as far as all the Universal stuff, the Fast and Furious stuff. They have, obviously, the WWE Network. They have the Olympics. They have mm-hmm. the Super Bowl. All these things that they've done and that they currently have, and of all the things that are there, it could be a return of stunning, of Stone Cold Steve Austin that gets the most interest for their network. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing or <laughs> tells you what the future
1: of Peacock might be. Who knows? That Um, would
0: trend, my friend. That that would trend.
1: That absolutely would. I would love to see Stone Cold come back. I just think it would depend on his health. And as you said, the monetary situation with tickets and maybe even the monetary situation of how much Stone Cold's going to make on his payday. Oh, it'd be like a two-minute squash. Kevin Owens. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, okay. He, maybe he would be about three or four minutes just to grease that. You go out of the ring, you throw him against the steps, and he just does bumps, bumps, bumps. And then you go to the stoner, then you take it home and all that. So wait and see. But, you know, we'd love every second of it. The whole stadium would just absolutely eat it up. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And just the t shirt sales alone that you would regenerate because of his yeah. return would, yeah. We've always wondered how the WWE in a year which kind of looked bleak and a lot of people are kind of poo-pooing on Ronda Rousey's return, thinking, oh, okay, that's really not going to be that memorable of a, of a year for WWE. That's a good deal. That and The Undertaker.
1: The Rise of the Dead jokes,
0: they just feed themselves on that. <laughs> you know,
1: one. that's okay, because on the PVD cast, one of my uh, colleagues from the Pro Wrestling Pundits was adamant that The Undertaker was returning to the Royal it's Rumble. Texas,
0: my friend. It's Texas. Well, I mean, he's nearby, what can yeah. you say?
1: It's like, how do you not? If you're Vince
0: McMahon, you throw out the cash for a final match. And the same thing with Steve Austin in the great state of Texas. Steve Austin heads up one night, Undertaker on the other. There you go. On the two-night WrestleMania here in Texas. (laughs) But my friend, before we head on out, always great catching up with you. I know you and I will do a major WrestleMania preview coming next month. But before we head on out, my friend, I want you to go ahead and give everyone an update on all the great things you're doing
1: at the PVD cast. Well, this week's episode is a very interesting one. I had the opportunity to sit down and talk to a wrestler named AC Mack, which many people probably know him from his independent run. He is the current independent wrestling world champion and the first openly gay man to hold a world title. And he was so nice to come on the PVD cast to talk to me about his title reign, his backstory about how he got into the business about diversity and the way that wrestling has changed over the years. And we even talk about a dream match that he would love to have. Definitely check it out. PVDCast.com is the online home of yours truly, where you can get the PVDCast. And it's also available through all those major outlets. Please check it out today at the Mm PVDCast.com. Well, John, great laughing it
0: up with you. I mean, we talk (laughs) about all this stuff, you know, it's, it's 1997 all over again because he has possibly Stone Cold and The Undertaker coming along the way. Plus, we have a Rhodes brother, Cody Rhodes, possibly heading to the WWE as well. So when we think the WWE is on the downslide and possibly seeing an inevitable end, just like Vince McMahon, he rises yeah. once again, just like The Undertaker, I'll tell you. My gosh, never doubt the WWE. I think that
1: should be the motto for everyone. I mean, that should be the motto. No longer now, then, forever is never doubt us.
0: Yeah, never doubt you. Well, one way or the other, never doubt them to make the mistake. Never doubt them to make the PR maneuver. Never doubt them to make the creative blunder, but also never doubt them to go ahead and create the surprise that has the industry talking. So it goes both ways, my friend. With the WWE for the past 50 years, seemingly, It's gone both ways. But, John, great to have you back, my friend. Looking forward to a conversation next month in our WrestleMania preview, tonight's preview, right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, And we're back to close out the show. It's the Pop Culture Cosmos. I want to thank so much my good friend, Mr. John Orlando from the PVD cast. He's going to be back in the month of March as we head into WrestleMania with a WrestleMania preview. So look for that. Plus, I've been asked, so I will probably do a two-night scenario, one night each, on the weekend of WrestleMania doing post-WrestleMania recaps. So looking forward to doing that. But before we head on out, my friend, I wanted to go ahead and mention real quick, Law & Order makes its return to NBC after 12 long years. So I want to hear your thoughts, my friend. Obviously, Law & Order SVU has continued on in its absence. And still the Law & Order name has been out there. Plus, Law & Order on reruns has been like everywhere. So I know a lot of people have checked out an episode or two over the past few years. But your thoughts on Law & Order returning to television on NBC?
2: That's the one with Ice-T in it, right?
0: Yes, that's the one that was. In this iteration, Anthony Anderson and also as well Sam Waterston are the only returnees for this one.
2: Okay. Yeah, I think Law & Order is kind of a staple of television. It's been a staple of television for a really, really long time. Yeah. Whether or not this is going to pull a Star Trek, you know, and be able to, like, bring new generations of viewers into the property, I don't foresee it doing that. I feel like the TV landscape or even just the content landscape has changed so much over the years since Law & Order has been on TV. It's hard to say whether or not it's going to bring in new fans or once this, like, current generation of fans who like the show are
0: gone, you know, are they going to really be a thing? I'm not a huge Law & Order fan either. But my friend, when it comes down to it, between Law and Order and Law and Order SVU, they're closing in on a combined 1,000 episodes. Just yeah, to give everybody an idea.
2: That's a lot. So yes. there's obviously a legacy that they have to cater to, but I don't foresee it being a failure. But for how long, you know, like the issue, and the, this happened with Supernatural, right? Like, I was. A lot of people were into the show and then it went on for like 18 seasons and people slowly started to drop off. So uh, are people who enjoy the show, are they going to be able to enjoy the show for an extended period of time after having already enjoyed it for, what, 20 plus years?
0: Yeah, I think it's on this 24th season that this will be on. And the thing is, though, even if it doesn't do as well as expected on NBC, they could always put it on a streaming outlet that isn't sorely. need of help and that is peacock because peacock yeah. over the past couple of weeks i have roasted because of the fact that with even with all the things that are brought to the table it has not garnered the amount of subscribers anywhere near the competitors that opened up right around the same time or obviously the disney pluses or the netflix hbo max or anybody else it's really not of the major streaming outlets it's probably been the most disappointing but This is something that, again, with Law & Order, that it is returning to NBC. So I think a lot of people are going to at least initially look forward to it. I think there is going to be an initial curiosity on how well the show is after so many years away. So please let us know if you're catching the return of Law & Order after 12 years. Cosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode, but before we go, my friend, last thing I wanted to touch on was Kevin Feige, because, you know, we can never escape Marvel. He said recently, I think in the commentary for The Eternals, I think it's on either the Blu-ray release or something like that in the commentary, he was making a statement and people are taking out of context as far as what I'm seeing, the the old clickbait deal, but they're taking a phrase that he mentioned in regards to setting up The Eternals I don't think he was even thinking about it in those terms, but he quoted Avengers Endgame and Infinity War as the final Avengers movies during this commentary, and people are taking the final Avengers movie in that context literally, and again, using it for clickbait and people are up in arms over it. Your thoughts? I don't think that this will be the last entry for the Avengers. I think that when it comes to Phase 5 and beyond, they'll go ahead and do more things, but Your thoughts on if Avengers Endgame, according to Kevin Feige in the commentary, if you take him verbatim, is the last Avengers movie?
2: I don't think it'll be the last Avengers movie. Whether or not it's the last titled Avengers movie, that's a whole other story. But I think that there will definitely be more team up films beyond that, whether it's titled Secret Invasion or Secret Wars or whatever the, the comic books use, you know, that's a whole other thing. But the Avengers is such a lucrative property. You know, you go to the store, you go to Target or whatever, and you see Avengers toys everywhere. You go to Disneyland, you see Avengers merchandise everywhere. There's very few people going, oh, hey, I would love to get like a Kingo action figure. Is there any way you guys can hook me up with one of those? Like, do you guys have any Avengers toys? Because that's what sticks out in people's minds. That being said, you know, we're already seeing a lot of team up films happening. We have Doctor Strange crossing over into Spider-Man, Scarlet Witch crossing over into Doctor Strange. So I think we're getting Avengers films in a way, but they're not necessarily being titled Avengers. But there is word, speculation, I don't know, about these films leading up to some big event happening in the MCU. At which case, I think we'll have to have some kind of Avengers team step up to take care of it. But there's also a multiple Avengers teams, right? There's like a West Coast Avengers, East Coast Avengers, your regular Avengers, Young Avengers. Like there's a whole bunch of teams that they can play with. And I think that's eventually where they're trying to get to.
0: You know, we're going to see the Secret Invasion television series at some point in time with Samuel Jackson. So we're going to be seeing that coming up in the not too distant future. Secret Wars, I could see that being titled for a Marvel film at some point in time. In fact, probably maybe a multiple Secret Wars films, per se. But I don't think they're going to ditch the Avengers title. I think you will see at some point in time in this decade an Avengers named film. I think you will see an Avengers team up, like you said, some type of team up continuously down the road. In fact, we're going to see it in Thor Love and Thunder. We're going to see it, like you said, in Doctor Strange, too. We're going to see team-ups galore. So I really don't think the concept of the Avengers is going to go away. And I really don't think the name of the Avengers is going to go away. I think at some point in time, they're going to revisit an Avengers movie because of the fact that so many people out there can relate to the Avengers. And that's when they actually check out the Marvel movies is when the Avengers movies happen.
2: Yeah. Like I said, the property or even just the name Avengers is far too lucrative to not make more. Uh, People love the MCU because of its connective tissue, and they love the team-up films because of the dynamic between all the heroes. It would be foolish of them to not carry that on.
0: What are your thoughts out there on what Kevin Feige dropped in the commentary for The Eternals? Is Avengers Endgame the final Avengers movie? We want to hear your thoughts pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com well my friend it's been a great episode great to have you back in the big chair my friend congratulations to you on your new member of the family i know everything is just going crazy for you right now at this point (laughs) but any last thoughts before we head on out
2: no none that i can think of you know as, as we're kind of heading towards the spring and summer season, so I'm expecting to hear some things, a lot of big things. D23 happens, right? So I'm sure in regards to the MCU, we'll get some more clarity on exactly what's going to be happening on the road ahead. So yeah, it's good to be back, to get to know the world of pop culture has not come to an end
0: without me here. But it is so much better with you talking about it right here at the pop. Cosmos. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glasswood. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great